Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, good morning, everybody. What a delight, what a privilege it is to be in the presence of God. Amen. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God that He has revealed to us. How many people do truly love Jesus here today? Let's give Him a mighty great hand clap for who He is in our lives. Father, we thank You for this time together. Thank You that You've commanded Your people to come together. I sit in the midst of either guests and visitors or people who have obeyed that call to come and enjoy You. And I just thank You for what You're about to do. I thank You for Your Word. This is... um, You've said, come and worship me, come and abide in my word. As we do, let eyes be opened, ears hear. Let healing signs and wonders follow. Let, Lord God, your people be blessed in amazing ways. Let us be dialed in, not distracted, and let something take place today which we can say that, Lord, you are in our midst. We love you, we adore you, we worship you, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Wow, full of faith. Let's give God one more praise. Well, I want to say hi and Happy New Year. It's only the start of Feb, so Happy New Year. I think we can say up until the end of June, so Happy New Year. And I want to welcome Rebecca to come up. Rebecca and I don't always, we're not always in the same. You can put your hands together for Rebecca. She's like, this is actually my wife, believe it or not. Some people wonder if I'm actually married. And I am to someone very beautiful. Uh, and uh, we're not always in the same location together, so it's a bit of a treat to be together. But anyway, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hello. Welcome to me and you. Um, (laughs) It's so good to be here. Actually, man, wasn't the anointing, or still is, incredible in the service this morning, like tears. So if the mascara is down the cheeks, apologies for the Lord working in my life. Uh, (laughs) But powerful. I loved what Charlotte shared. That was incredible. And, um, yeah, so good to be here. Actually did feel a bit of a prompting. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, Just felt a little bit highly emotional over there and felt like it was potentially for me but also for other people in the room just that impression of um, sometimes we feel like we're not enough or that comparison of like what someone else carries and I think it it follows on with what Charlotte said but I really felt like the um, Holy Spirit was sort of guiding me to say that you know, what we all carry is unique to us. And sometimes we are so used to what God's placed on our lives, we forget that our voice matters, what we carry matters. And it's very easy for the enemy to get into our ear and make us forget how we're wired is exactly how God wanted us to be wired. The rooms you go in, not everyone else goes in. Your voice is anointed. Your voice is incredible. Don't compare. Don't let the enemy get in your ear. And uh, today, uh, I just declare that you guys will know, be reminded today of what God has on your life. The rooms you go in and the voice he gives you is important, is anointed. And uh, don't come under the enemy today, but overcome and hear what God's got to say. And you should. Receive that. Receive that today. Exodus chapter 14. It really goes in line with so much of what's being said today. So I think God's got us on a journey. I want to talk about why God won't baby you forever. Why God won't baby you forever. 
Exodus chapter 14. I'm not sure what happened exactly. I was in a supermarket and I heard someone say, I think it was a supermarket, God works in mysterious ways. And if you've been here last year, you would have heard me talking, speak into it. But I just can't shake it. I'm Literally, this is part four. And I, I, the more I ponder on it, it's like I just can't get it out of my heart, out of my spirit. Someone, I think they were saying something like, I was going down St. Vincent Street. It was shut off. So I went down this other road in Vanguard Street, and I ended up there early. God works in mysterious ways. And I'd be like, no, Fulton Hogan works in mysterious ways. You know, the, the, it's the professional cone people. And I, I think at the heart of it, really, even if I'm thinking about what Rebecca shared, what Charlotte shared, some of the things Dave and Sophie, and I just, you know, again, God just speaking. What immediately you're hearing from all these people today is the truth according to God's perspective. Culture wants to take the truth according to God's perspective and trade it like with Esau for a bowl of stew. So you have a version of things, and where it gets really tricky, because Charlotte essentially getting up to say, look, here's my testimony. This is the desires of my heart. I didn't think it could ever happen, but look what God has done. It's like a smack in the face to what the um, Reserve Bank will say, what banks will say to you, right. what you know, the, the inflation stats, everything else says this is the way we do it around here. But God's whispering from heaven, well, do you want another way? And so these things like God works in mysterious ways, they're, they're actually error according to the word of God. Now, is there mystery surrounding the person of Yahweh God who we know in flesh is Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave quoted it. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher. Who would have ever thought that two barbecue king and queens would ever be leading a church and, you know, we thought it was the city, but now it's Tahuna. When I first when I first met Josh, he had long hair, like a baptized and Christian Kirk Cobain. So that I just wanted to clarify. And then the girlfriend or fiance at the time, Sophie, who's like this doctor. And but I, when I was talking with them, I remember a number of conversations. One in the foyer of um, church, even before I think we'd started planting churches, and the conversation. And uh, who would have ever thought that, you know, leading us, like Levites, le- leading us into victory through praise and thanksgiving, bringing a heavenly perspective. Who would have ever thought? We've got some people in the second row who are about to become parents. So good. I'll get excited. Come on. Who would have ever thought? We've got a couple of people who, through the journey of challenge and what you go through, and I you know, they're still praising God in the one, two, third row. And, you know, I, I'll say to you this, that those people and those things can, those ways are higher, they're further. They can only happen when you forego the concept that God, God does not work in mysterious ways. God has made his ways very plain. He might be a mystery. Just how much he loves you is a flippin' mystery. But God has laid before you some things. I'll give you some. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me. Just do it. Cry unto me, and I will show you, Toby, great and unsearchable things. There it is in black and white. But people ignore it. People just think about it. 
People debate it. Oh, if someone would just do it. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door, well, it's a 50-50 split. Uh, It will just depend on how you're feeling. No, will be opened. Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible. If you believe. You know, he's made it clear, hasn't it? Hasn't he? I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from a lot of advice on Instagram. (laughs) Snapchats. TikToks and Reels. No, very clearly, it comes from the Lord, our God. Duck. And I, and I just want, I really want to say this, that God, listen, God wants to help us. God, this will be the hardest thing that you've heard to accept all day. God wants to bless you. God actually wants things to work out for you. And to understand that, you're going to actually have to understand how God works. Moses is about to find this out in Exodus chapter 14. God was leading three million people out from slavery. This story in in the book of Exodus is two things. It's the history of the people of God, but it's also a picture of what new covenant, new believers, people who believe in Christ, receive Christ, go through. They leave a slavery, and they cross an impossible crossing. That sea is the blood of Jesus through the cross. And they come out into their Canaan, their promised land. That is blessing and abundance. But just like the Israelites, when they crossed that um, river, when they came up against obstacles, it was, how many people found when you believed in Christ, it, wasn't just, it didn't all just fall in your lap? <laughs> lift your hand if you just have experience. Yeah, lift your hand if you want to write a letter to the Lord or, or a fax. And you're like, hey, God, this is not what I heard those preachers say. So as they're leaving, um, Pharaoh changes his mind. It's an absolute saga even going to say, let my people go, and he just on and on and on, and the plagues, and it's just craziness. Finally, he agrees. But the Lord warns Moses that Pharaoh's going to change his mind, so you and all the people need to just trust me in this. So they get right up to the edge of the Red Sea. And in verse 10, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, the people of God, and they cried out to the Lord. Then Moses said, Um, They said, excuse me, to Moses, the people, was it because there's no graveyards left in Egypt that you brought us here to die? That's sarcasm at its greatest. And and they said, what what have you done to us bringing us here? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, just leave us alone? So, you know, some of the things that God wants to do in your life, you think at the time you're going to be up for, and then God starts to do it, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, 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 I don't know if I signed up for this. And I just want to remind you of your prayer, Lord, use me. Lord, take my life, take everything. Those prayers, if anyone prayed, I surrender. And the little caveat, as long as the circumstances are pleasing to me. Anyway, Moses answers the people. Now watch this. Don't be afraid. Don't give way to fear. And We can't do that. Stand firm. You will see God deliver you. Today, the Egyptians will see today that you, what you, that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You just need to be still. Now, a lot of people quote that scripture, and a lot of people shouldn't finish with that scripture because it's not a new chapter. It's not a different conversation. Then, right then, 
the Lord said to Moses, hey, why are you crying out to me? I'll just warn you, this message today is not for the faint-hearted and it's not for cultural Christians. What? What? What are you saying, Lord? Why? I'm meant to cry out to you. I'm meant to come to you. And 100%, like read all the passages before this and you'll see that the Lord and Moses had been in deep conversation. So it's not that. It's not that we're not to pray. It's not that we're not to seek him. He said, tell the Israelites to move on. Then you, Moses... Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over that sea to divide the water so that Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They'll go in after them. And then I will gain glory through what you do, through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of the Lord who had been traveling with the, um, Israel withdrew and went behind them, guarding them overnight, putting a pillar of cloud um, so that the light was darkness to the Egyptians, so pre- preserving them for this moment. The next day, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and that night the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind. The waters were divided. You can read on to say the Egyptians pursued them. Horses and chariots were thrown into the sea. Not one single Israelite died or perished. And at the end of the passage, it says, when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord had displayed against the Egyptians, the Lord put their trust, the people put their trust in the Lord and in Moses as their leader. I think that we forget sometimes this is how God works. God actually works in participation with our actions. This was part four. It's a real important part because there are times to rest, be still, to to trust, to wait on God as we heard this morning. But as you're waiting, you can expect that God might say to you, hey, I need you to respond right now. I need you to use what I gave you. I need you to do something that kind of in God's tone, why are you crying out to me? There's a presumption that, hey, haven't we talked about this. And if you do go back in the scriptures, you'll find that he did say to him to use the staff as a powerful example, bringing miracles before Pharaoh. So it's as though Moses is operating too out of a fear. There's a lot of fear in the world. I heard heard two things leading into 2024. Some people going, this is going to be the greatest year ever. And then I saw other posts, I I feel like something really bad is going to happen. And I, I thought that's kind of fascinating responses. And what gives you the difference, the different point of view? Some people say, well, one's going to be right, one's going to be wrong. And, and I would say God is so big that actually both are right. And depending on your perspective, both are wrong. And it's, if you're listening to God's voice, not all the people complaining around you, you might every now and then hear God say, hey, why are you crying out to me? Lift the staff over the water. Watch what I'll do. He's saying, hey, I've. part of the reason why this is not a message for the faint-hearted is because people get into baby mode in their faith. When you first give your life to Christ, Paul writes that we receive spiritual milk. We are babies. We've been born again. You've got to do a journey. You've got to learn the fundamentals. Jesus said that seed that's sown into the hearts of people will either grab or will be aborted, will die. 
because of the condition of people's hearts. But there is an expectation, even in that parable where Jesus said it should go on to actually reap 30, 60, 100 fold. So it should what? Grow. But a lot of us in our faith remain at baby stages. Part of it's because of our thinking. Part of it is we have um, fear. Part of it is that we've not been discipled. There can be other reasons. I was reflecting on it with our children. You know, when our kids were little babies, we didn't expect them to be able to drive the car. How weird would it be coming from the hospital, putting the little bassinet there, and we sit in the passenger seat looking at the baby with disdain going, what's your problem? No one thinks like that. There's baby things in God that you're learning. You're learning how to trust Him. You're learning how to hear from Him. You're learning how to operate from your spirit and not your flesh. You're learning how to say no to some things that you used to say yes to. You're learning how to grow the new nature within you. Okay? But there's also a time with our kids that when they got to a certain age, I'm thinking like like all of them, but I was thinking about Ruby, and it was time for her to take steps. Okay? What we did is we did something very cruel. You might have experienced it. We put her there because she'd been crawling for a while, and we put her there beside a table, or, or Rebecca held her there, and then we said, all right, and I, I walked over here, and there's a distance. And I said, come on, come on, come to Dad, right? And what happened? A lot of the time, as Ruby stepped out, it was like met with cheers and claps, but inevitably, she'd fall on her knees, face, side, however it works. A lot of um, believers beat up on themselves a lot. What is actually happening when you fall, when you have a fall, when you have a mishap, it shows that you're growing. It shows that you're trying to actually move forward from the stage and phase you're in. And I'll tell you, heaven celebrates because there's grace for you more than it complains. But as I was over here saying, come on, Ruby, take a step, one might perceive that my presence is distance. Because that's so cruel. But every parent knows if, if that kid at 15 years old has to crawl around the school, it's either one, because they're a furry, or two, their parents didn't do what they were meant to do. We won't get into that today. A lot of, a lot of people in this room, I'm going to just say this, have sensed God being distant to them. But God is actually trying to develop you. So you step out from the baby phases, like Moses, and you actually find out what he put inside of you has been there all along, waiting for this moment. And, and, and what, do we, what do we scripturally and spiritually call it? Activation. It is a key part of faith that really, I, I heard um, that this word came out about open doors, that, we're, that God is wanting to bring open doors. <laughs> it's kind of weird because um, I think that from a faith point of view, sweet. Means nothing, though, if you won't walk through that open door. If God says, hey, I'm going um, to back you up this year, Donna. I want you to go lay hands on some people and pray. I'm an open door before you. Most of the modern church, because we celebrate faith at a mental mm-hmm. level, so because we believe. Like, faith has sort of become, it's become reduced so much. It's like, do you have faith? Oh, yeah, I believe in God. But it's an agnostic faith because we don't even really know. We can't even put a name to it anymore. We, the collective we culture. 
So, yeah, I believe in a God. And the, the scriptures, have you ever read the verse that said, yeah, but even the demons believe in God? So that's not, that is not faith, guys. That's elementary starting points of belief. What God's wanting you to do is get to a point where your faith is so defined that you're going from milk to some of the things that we're talking here in the word. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Awesome. Charlotte had a hope. Charlotte had a faith. Charlotte had a faith even when it seemed impossible. But there came a point where it was no longer hope. On December 21, it materialized and was activated into what she was hoping for. She first had it as a hope, and now she actually has it in her life. Um, James 2 kind of goes a little bit deeper, and I'll, I'll just read it for those of you who just need a, a refresh on faith. So faith is that feeling of confidence. Faith is that assurance, I believe. Yeah, starts might start as mental faith ascension. But look at what happens. What good is it, James chapter 2 and verse 14? My brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no, I'm going to use a grand word, activation. Deeds. Doings. Doodos. Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food and you see them and you say, hey, all the best, buddy. I'm going to pray for you. James says, yet you do nothing (laughs) about their needs. This is the language. What good is it? A lot of people would be like, well, I've told them I'm praying for them. That's good. And James is like, no, what that is, and you're ready for this? Faith by itself that is not accompanied by activation, dead. So there's a lot of believers today who have mental faith. They believe in I believe in miracles. I believe in a high power. I believe, but it's not alive. It's faith when it's in your spirit and heart and it becomes an activation. I know the timeline between faith of belief and activation can be a period of time. So we're not talking about that today. But what I'm talking about is this, is that God works by not just your mental belief, But if there's an open door, he works by your activating of walking through the door. That's where he starts to work. He does not work. He's working. He's always working. We've got that song. We're always working, working, working. What are we, reggae? But but no, truly, the whole picture and why a lot of people get disappointed is God goes, why are you crying out to me? Why are you leaving this just as a mental thing? If I said to you to do this, go do it, and then you will see my power. Then you will see my... I'm going to tell you right now about a power I'm expecting to see, but I won't see until this point in time. Last year, I was praying, asking God, what do you have for us, Rebecca and I, and our family, and for me uh, next year, 2024? This was last year. He said these things to me in my spirit, and I just knew because you practice... When you leave milk and you get into meat, bread and meat of the word, you start to practice listening for God's voice. You, you, you value it. So that's what you do. So I was just saying, Lord, what do you have for us? What do you have for us? And I felt the Lord say this. I want you to go to four places in New Zealand next year and have ministry meetings. 
I don't want them to be Annisbrook labelled. I want them just to be Graham labelled for the purpose that it's not seen as Annisbrook trying to encroach in on regions, but just the kingdom. And the first place I want you to go to is Palmerston North. And I was like, whoa. Like these are just here, not just, but these are healing meetings, okay? So I talked to a couple of people in my world that I just value their, you know, discernment. Am I, am I hearing from God? Is this a God thing? And um, there was a general resonance, general resonance. Here's what I know. God's spoken to me. Here's what I know. I have faith, being sure of what I hope for, certain of what I do not see. But let me tell you, I will see zero evidence of that workout until that night that I hold that first meeting in Palmerston North. Why do I know that? Because I'm not actually doing what God has told me to do until I do it. On that night, or whenever the meeting is going to be, I will see God turn up. I have full expectation that He will meet me in a very powerful and very supernatural way. I expect there to be healings. I expect it just to be turned, it's going to be radical. I think people get pregnant, you know, maybe not in the meeting, but later on or whatever, in a very married sense. But you know what I'm saying. The more I talk about, the worse it gets. But this is the point I'm making is that this is what we've, we've taken from faith is that as long as it remains an idea, you know, that I'm going to go do some meetings next year. Oh, cool, when? No, 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 I've just got it as an idea. Oh, cool, well, what's, what's going to happen? I'm not sure, but I've got this idea. That's where we've got to. Yeah, right. I should reach out to my neighbours and it remains as an idea. Right. I should share the gospel with my friend and it remains an idea. Wow. I should read the Bible more aggressively, learning how to agree with it because it's the power. It, it, it's the only doorway to faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it remains beside our bed or in the cupboard or on our phone or all the places that it can be. Deuteronomy chapter 30, God said, I lay before you blessing and curses. Oh, that you would, what? Choose. Your choices and your actions, that you would choose blessing. We've got to get to the point in our faith in 2024 that, I, look, let me say it like this prophetically. You know enough. You know, and if you don't know enough, you'll hear it next week because you're planted in the house of God and you're getting the word of God. You ought to come in here crawling for the next instruction from God because you don't know what to do next because you've exhausted all your knowledge because you've done everything that you know to do and having done all, you stand and because you saw some things happen and some other things didn't happen. I remember praying for someone last year, a blind man named Gregory. I'm still praying for him. And his eyes were not opened. So it brought me to this point of saying, I need to know something else. What did it? Actually laying my hands on a blind man. This is how God works. Either you'll see the miracle or he'll teach you a lesson. So you can see, I'll see people's eyes opened. Don't you worry. By God's power. But it's going to require, look, this is really the message in a nutshell. I could have said it in 30 seconds. To see new things in God is going to require new levels of action. From you. Oh, but I believe that God, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by the Spirit. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. As soon as Moses raised his staff, God came through. Not a second before. And by the way, if you read it, three chapters later in Exodus chapter 17, when the Amalekites, their first ever battle, Moses got to the battle and what did he do? He lifted up his hand. God had already shown him 
I've put inside of you everything that you need. And Moses learned the lesson. Here's the question. What is stopping you? Why are you holding back? What are the lessons that you know are true, but you're, you're not going there? I mean, people wouldn't really categorize it like this. But what are the essential, really basic actions of the kingdom that will see God move in a new level? Reading God's word aggressively and agreeing with it. Changing who we hang out with. Listening to the word of God and devouring it in an anointed way. Making financial changes in our lives. Taking regular prayer breaks. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Saying sorry. We can't say that in church. Eight, sharing the gospel. Changing the way you think. Changing the way you speak. And I think because he used the staff analogy, the seventh, eleventh is this. Leaning on the power of the cross. Because that staff was the cross of Jesus Christ. And it's the only thing. Christ crucified is a power in your life. So I don't want you to subscribe this year to this belief that, oh, God works in mysterious ways. Oh, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. No, no, no. No. Jesus said, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth exactly as it is in heaven. Now, if, if God's will was just going to happen like most people think, if futility and case sarah sarah was just going to take place, why did Jesus say to pray God's will would happen? Because God's will is not necessarily happening in the earth. And you have to come to terms with that as a believer. That when you see people go, if God is a God of love, why is there suffering and hardship in the world? And don't answer with, oh, I don't know. Answer it like this because Christians think that God works in mysterious ways. And they're doing nilch, nilch, zilch. Be a bit more honest. Instead of saying it's God, say it's me. It's actually me and my brothers and sisters in Christ. But say this too, but I think things are changing. Hey, those of you who need to leave a life of sin, it's the only way you'll start to see God really go to work. He loves you. He, he died on a cross for you. He wants you to walk in power and in life. But until you what? Choose, make it a choice or an action, you actually do something about it. You, it will only ever be frustration, tension, and, and, and like there's a wall between you and God. But if you repent, if you turn, if you change your ways, if you lean on the grace and the love and the abundance of Christ, you will be a new creation. Get into the meat. Come on. Stop flirting around with the things of God. Go all in. There's a big, fat, deep end of this pool. Get out of the shallow and sprint down the end. And all the comfortable Christians will be going, don't go there, it's too deep. And jump the heck in. And here's what I'll tell you. If you start floundering, the Holy Spirit's just, He's there already. He's there in Palmerston North waiting for me. I do not expect Him to turn up one second before, and neither should you, but you should jump in the deep end. I see you, like Rebecca was saying, leaving comparison, finding your lane, finding the deeds that, don't put up with anti-kingdom things in your family. Draw a line and start to fight for unity, start to fight for peace. The old the, the psalm says that those who fear the Lord, their generation will be blessed. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Start to contend. Without the Word of God, which is an action, you cannot contend for the works of God. 
And there's a little bit of meat for you today. And I see you coming in on Sunday, looking for some encouragement, looking for some, whoa, I tried something and it went bad. Cool. Try again. Try again. With faith and perseverance, we inherit the promise. Now, are there seasons to wait and rest? And are there seasons just to go, God, I tried and I don't know what to do? 100%. But that's not the message the Church of New Zealand in 2024 needs to hear. They've been resting. They've been on Zoom. They've been having church online. Come on. There's another level for us. I prophesy that this church is of God. And with your action, your actions and your steps and your choices, even some of you today getting up and sitting up and being here, some days you drag yourself in by your heels. Some days you come in bouncing. But it does not matter how you came in. What matters is you did it, you served the Lord, and He's going to meet you there. And you, that should be your faith. You're going to meet me there. That should be your faith. And now I'm going to put my faith to work. Jerry, I want you to come up here. I, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you. Um, just stand there, my friend. And I'm going to get um, Dave, just come and stand behind Jerry. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come upon Jerry right now. With great power, a man who is on the cutting edge. The Lord's anointing you. Damn it, have we got some oil? Don't I have got a word? Thanks. Did I just say damn it in church? That's... Okay, so I'd anoint you, Jerry. Jesus. This word I reckon's for you. A man of action, a man of power. But in the Holy Ghost, every time you step out, you are going to see supernatural things. In fact, Jerry, the dead will be raised. Receive today. While I've got my hand on Jerry, someone once went to a pastor who saw a dead person raised and said, Pastor, I, can't, I haven't seen the dead raised. And the pastor goes, oh, yep, okay, what do you think the problem is? And the man said, I don't know, I just haven't seen it. And the pastor goes, well, cool, tell me, how many dead people have you prayed for? And he goes, none. That would have been the message even shorter than 30 seconds. <laughs> filled in Jesus' name, filled in Jesus' name. Just filling Jerry today. Will he come up here, Willie? Blessing, prosperity and health. Even as you come right now, the Lord is going to anoint you with good health. Let me prophesy this. With long life, He shall satisfy you. You know that the Israelites asked the Lord, Moses asked the Lord to remove all death. And in Jesus' name, going right back to the roots, going even generations before, you've got a new older brother. Doesn't matter about your parents, doesn't matter about your grandparents, doesn't matter about Heritage is important, but I'm talking about spiritual impact. You have a new older brother and he has adopted you and he calls you well and healthy and whole 
And Father, in the name of Jesus, close your eyes, lift your hands, Willie. I ask you to remove all death from this man, all sickness from this man, and instead, don't even replace it with neutral Holy Ghost, but with blessing, life, prosperity, and strength in Jesus' name. He's going to make you strong. He's going to make you well. And now I'm not even just talking physically. I'm actually talking about spiritual life. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you in Mariah. In Mariah's and with meeting places, sharing the gospel. I see you with respect and mana. I see you with authority. Why do you think the enemy's tried to take you out this year? Make plans, my friend, to share the gospel, to share the story. So Holy Ghost, come upon him. Remove all death, spiritual death, physical, every ailment. Speak life and healing into you. And I anoint you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Receive that. Cling on to that. Hey, dare I say it? Act on that. That's where faith goes. Like I went to church on Sunday, heard an awesome word last week from Paul, or week before from Michelle, week before that from Dave, heard a great, and I acted on it. That's where you get power happening in your life. In Jesus' name. I actually wanted to pray for Dave and Michelle today. And I uh, just have a little, um, guys, come up here. Rebecca will come up here and we'll just pray um, for these guys. And the reason is, you guys can just stand side on there. That's good. And um, the reason I want to pray for you is because as I was um, meditating this morning, I felt the Lord say this. You have to get used to the tension. The tension's not going away, okay? So you've got to make friends with it. And, you, and it, will be, it will be for a lot of people impossible to juggle the tension, but not you two. You will do this because you're doing this. But I think it's more than, it's like, it's time to, um, because I don't know, I don't really know if it's an issue. I don't think it's an issue, because I think you would have told me, but it could be. But I think it's it's time to actually just settle. We're going to do it like this. Not not the call. The call's like, we, we accept the call. So you've accepted the call. But it's, it's constantly like, what am I today? Pastor or <laughs> master? Well, and I just think actually the way to look at it is that you're all of it all the time. Yes, your days are going to vacillate. But I feel like it's not its not maybe because there's a tension or it could be, but I think it could become a tension. So it just, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to anoint you guys. It's sort of weird, but collectively give you permission to just be a hybrid out of the box. And it's just so that's sort of the blessing. So I want to bless you guys with that. So it can no, so you can bury it being attention and just be both all the time. Paul, I mean, he's a crazy apostle and tent maker, you know, and 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 tent making probably stopped and then he just became a prisoner. So I hope that doesn't happen to you. But with the with the environment we're in, it could well happen. So so let's anoint these guys, okay? Thank you, Lord, Father. My anoint. The anointing that I'm placing on them today is an anointing to accept. This is the word of the Lord for you guys. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Grace on you. Grace on you, Dave. 
It's like God's settling who you are. And it won't matter to you or to anyone else. It's just you are who you are. And so God's anointing. And for you, Michelle, you're a woman of power, mighty. God's going to use you greater and greater and greater. And there's an anointing. There's an anointing. You are all the things you need to be. You are what you are by the grace of God. So this prayer again is not you trying to accept what you've been called to. It's you actually accepting the way it's going to be done in this season. Whether it's 6, 12, 18, 24, 36 months, it doesn't matter. It's today. And the great peace will be upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Charlotte, come up here. So as I was, Dave texted me to say that there was going to be a testimony and I was excited about the testimony. Is Matthew here? Okay, that's right. And um, Dave's got an attendance chart, everyone. You just mark it off. I'm joking. It's a total joke. I thought it was funny. You're going to be surprised by this. So he told me that you were going to share a testimony about how God had provided. Okay? Well, get this. The reason I've got you up here is I knew I had to get you up to give you this word and pray for you that you are going to be very blessed. You are going to experience prosperity and wealth. And I don't know, it doesn't matter what that looks like, but the Lord is the one. He is our God who prospers us and blesses us. And Rebecca and I, Dave and Michelle too, many others can testify. But, you know, for me, it came, this whole message is really, there came a point where I was like, I don't, I've heard all my life God blesses. I heard it since I was a little kid. God, when are you going to flip and bless me? And I didn't mean it flipping towards Him. It was flipping towards me. And there came a series of things that had to happen. And I think you guys would um, testify that actually you've got to go out. You know, he says, I will bless the work of your hand. I'll bless the seed that you sow. I'll bless all that you do. And many people don't see the blessing because they don't activate the right level of activation, action. Okay, so that's what I'll say to you in this moment. And I think it's going to be productive to say it. But now I want to anoint you for prosperity, wealth, and blessing. Paul's going to run out of oil. Jesus, lucky the Holy Spirit doesn't. Father, I just felt it in my spirit, so I just obey you today. Just receive from Matthew and Charlotte and the boys blessing, wealth creation, abundance, more than enough. You know, there's a, been a signpost over your life, Struggle Street. You can tear it down today in the name of Jesus. And you can put up blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. But what it will be is it won't be a cliche. You will see. Hey, I believe, David wrote, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Write these verses down. Bless the Lord who, who, who delights in the prosperity of His children. Hallelujah. So unlock the strategies from heaven, Lord. Unlock the blessing and I prophesy it and I anoint them as a family. They're going to be very, very blessed in Jesus' name. Lift your hand, Charlotte. Receive it. Receive it into your spirit. Receive it. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Thank you, Lord. 
You know, everyone who goes, not this, I got this um, person complain. I was in Wellington preaching and they're like, that guy believes in the prosperity gospel. And I was like, what do you want me to believe in? The poverty and struggle street gospel. Is that what you want me to believe in? Like, if you drove a car to get here today, you believe in prosperity. Because if you didn't, you would have rode a horse. No, that's true. So maybe not like some people might preach it, but I will tell you this, God wants to bless you. And you need to contend. The only way to get it is to contend for it and receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God some praise and say amen. I'm on time. Everyone lift your hands to the Lord. Whatever this message was to be, Lord, whatever was to go on, whatever you meant for every person in this room, breathe, Lord. Breathe. Keep your eyes closed, hands lifted. I shared this um, prophetic utterance, it's quite offensive, to a group of believers last week, and I'm going to say it here again. Not to babies who are eating milk, not to you, but to those of you who have been saved longer than three years. The word for the day, every four days for you, is not good enough. When you got saved, you devoured the Scripture and you didn't even understand it. Go back to that. Read and eat and devour and the Word will go to work in your life. Jesus said, I send out my Word before you and I will perform it. And unless you are anchored in the Word, feeding off the Word, you're not going to see what God wants. So receive right now this Word in your spirit. And I say it with a holiness and I say it with an anointing. Good luck as you put it in practice. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.